0: Welcome to Diabetes Unplugged. Welcome to Diabetes Unplugged, where we shine light on life beyond the diagnosis and dare to redefine the way we approach diabetes wellness. Welcome back to another episode. I am super excited And I know that I say that every single episode, but today is another one of those episodes where we're going to be breaking down something that I really, really, truly love to teach. Like whether it is inside Dominating Diabetes Academy or inside the reboot, or I'm talking to my clients one-on-one, or I'm teaching about it on social media, it all comes down to the 80-20 rule. And I just love it so, 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 so much. And in this episode, I'm going to tell you why, right? While giving you all the tea on how to apply this to your health journey. This is just so important because it is really foundational. And it's foundational because I think a lot of times when we think about being on a health journey, we're only thinking about the journey up until a certain point. And it's like, for example, the journey to losing 50 pounds, Or the journey to reversing diabetes or the journey to this, that and the other. It's like we always have this stopping point. We always anticipate that it's only going to be a temporary thing. But what we have to understand about a health journey is that this is a lifelong process. It's a lifelong process of making conscious decisions and taking consistent actions in order to improve and maintain your physical health, your mental health, your emotional health, all of them in one. And so sometimes when you hear that this is a lifelong process, that can feel really daunting to people because it's like, dang, I'm never going to accomplish a goal. I'm never going to get to a certain point. Not realizing that, like, first of all, hold the phone, give yourself some grace right? You're going to reach a lot of victories along the journey. But again, it's just a reminder that, you know, healing takes time. And when you're on a journey to, you know, improve your overall life, you're changing and improving the way that you're thinking, you're changing and improving some of your habits, you're changing and improving your thought process and your mindset. These things happen over time. And you get a little bit further, and you get a little bit further, and you get a little bit further. And sometimes you're knocked 10 spaces back. But that's what the journey is all about. It is about the going, knowing how to go with the ebbs and flow of life and realizing that you're not always going to be 100% on all the time. And that is why I love talking about the 80-20 rule, because it's really going to help you take a lot of the pressure off of yourself that you might be putting on to be perfect. We're going to dig into all of that inside of today's episode. So in general, because I'm sure that this is not the first time that you're hearing about the 80-20 rule the 80 20 rule can be applied in so many different areas. So, for example, when it comes to productivity or work, right? The work that you do in and out of each day, right? You can use the 80 20 rule to prioritize certain tasks that you need to get done during the day. So, the idea is like out of your entire to do list, completing 20% of those tasks is going to result in 80% of the impact that you can create for that day. Or another way that it's said is, 80% of your results is going to come from 20% of your effort. The 80-20 rule can also be applied to relationships, right? It's said that you're only going to receive 80% of your happiness and satisfaction from your partner, while that other 20% is what you might perceive as missing or imperfect about your relationship. So the 80-20 rule, regardless of what area you're applying it in or whatever, it it is used in so many instances. But today... We're going to be talking about the 80-20 rule as far as how it pertains to health and wellness, specifically its significance in balancing structure and flexibility in your health journey, which is super, super important. Okay, so let's go ahead and get into it. Now, I want to make sure that I am giving you an actual definition for what the 80-20 rule is in health and wellness. So. And instead of saying rule, because I just feel like it's rubbing me the wrong way a little bit, (laughs) instead of saying the 80-20 rule, I think I'm going to refer to it as a guideline. And the reason being is because, number one, there's so many rules in this life, right? Whatever. But number two, I think the word rule is just so set in stone. It's like when you have a rule, like this is the rule, don't break the rules, right? That's a product of conditioning, right? Can't break the rules. You got to follow the rules sometimes that can put us in a box. It can put us in a box of like, if I don't follow this rule or if it doesn't look like 80-20 all the time then I have failed or I'm not doing enough or I, you know, need to start all over or whatever. So to be really clear, the 80-20 rule is a guideline and it's a guideline that suggests focusing on structured Healthy habits 80% of the time while allowing for flexibility and indulgence 20% of the time. Okay, so it's about helping you use this guideline to achieve those sustainable long term health goals. Now, this is a guideline, which means that you might have days or weeks when the 80 20 is looking more like 60 40. You know what I mean? But again, let's be real. It'd it, it be like that sometimes. Like life be life-in. And we don't always have an, an 80-20 week. The point is you don't want to stay there. When you are when you have an off week and it's looking like 60-40 or sometimes it looks like twenty eighty. what can happen is we hit a 60-40 week and then the next week instead of going back to 80-20, we just continue to go down downhill. This is where a lot of people might be right now. You might be in this space right now where you're just like, yeah, like I had a week where I just got off track and then now it's been three months or it's been six months or it's been a year. We want to help you get yourself out of that space and back into the 80-20 guideline. So you might be in a place where only 20% of your habits are structured and healthy and in alignment with your health goals. But 80% of the time, again, you're going buck wild, you're eating fast food, you're eating sugar and you know, Pop-Tarts and cookies and cereal every single day you're staying up till three o'clock in the morning watching Netflix, or you're laying around the house, or you're sitting at your desk every day, barely moving, your stress is out of control, right? So you're just kind of all over the place. So what's happening is, is you're allowing for way too much indulgence to the point where you're keeping yourself completely off track and your health is suffering for it. So when it comes to understanding the 80-20 rule, or, guideline, I'm gonna keep catching myself, right? <laughs> Cause I'm really trying hard to say guideline. So, when it comes to understanding the 80% of that, I wanna break that down. So, it's the 80 20 guideline, but let's break down the 80 part of that. What does that look like? We are talking about three main pillars, okay? We're talking about structured healthy habits, but they're broken down into three main pillars. Number one is gonna be balanced nutrition. The second one is going to be regular exercise. And the third one is going to be consistent sleep. So I want to start with the balanced nutrition part, because this is this is the part where most people are instead of doing 80-20, we're doing 20-80, meaning like sometimes we'll eat a salad or sometimes we'll have some vegetables on our plate. So consuming and cooking more home cooked meals and ensuring that you're eating a variety of fruits and vegetables and making sure that there's color in your meals and all those kinds of things. That's what we mean by 80%. 80% of the time, those are the things that you want to be doing. You want to ensure that the foods that you're consuming are as close to how they appear in nature. That doesn't mean that you have to create extravagant meals. We can leave the extravagant meals for the 20%. We're not there yet. We're talking about the 80% right now. But just eating real whole minimally processed foods and ingredients. That's what you should be focused on when it comes to your diet 80% of the time. And this is really important, especially for diabetes management, because in doing so, you're going to be able to regulate your blood sugar levels. You're going to be able to prevent extreme spikes and crashes in your blood sugar levels. You're going to be able to maintain a healthy weight right? And that's automatically going to help you to improve your insulin sensitivity and and your ability to control diabetes in the first place. It's also going to allow you to make sure that you're getting the nutrients that you need, the vitamins and the minerals and the fiber that's going to help prevent those complications. That is the power and the purpose behind consuming home-cooked meals and getting color and all fruits and vegetables and stuff in your diet 80% of the time. Now. Let's talk about what this looks like when it comes to the amount of home cooked meals versus eating out, because that's also important, because the confusion a lot of times is like we don't realize that we can't put a a visual on the 80-20. And so sometimes we can think that we're, you know, doing 80 percent, but unless we have that actual breakdown and unless we break it down like I'm about to do now, sometimes it can really help us put things into perspective and understand the areas that we can probably afford to make some changes so what does the 80 20 look like when it comes to the amount of cooked meals versus eating out so let's say for example most of us do this depending on who you are let's say you eat three meals a day breakfast lunch and dinner that's 21 meals in a week correct we're not including snacks 80 percent of 21 is 16.8 so let's just say 16 Simple math because we don't do decimals around here. Okay, so that gives us roughly five meals where you can do what you want. You can order Uber Eats for lunch every day. You know what I mean? Every week and still be on track and in alignment with the 80-20 guide and still see progress towards your goals. Where most people fall short is that we're not including the snacks in this. We're just talking about your main meals. And so what happens often, more often than not, is that we'll have a snack throughout the day or multiple times a day. And we won't include that as part of the 20 percent. And then we still have an additional 20 percent meal on top of that. And then we wonder why we're not losing weight or why we're still so tired or anxious or whatever it is. When you go to McDonald's, that counts towards your 20 percent. When you take the kids for ice cream that's 20%. When you order pizza on a Friday night because you don't feel like cooking, that counts towards your 20%. When you're eating cookies and a bag of pretzels in between meetings, that counts towards your 20%. So if you wanna see progress in your weight loss or your blood sugar levels or whatever your current health goal is, the way to get there is by being mindful of how often you're dipping into that 20%. If you spent an entire day eating out, ordering food or snacking, Or maybe you work from home, so you're just throwing some frozen whatever into the air fryer, or you're doing a combination of all of that throughout the day. It's likely that you're reaching that 20% for the week in one day. So that means the rest of the week, you need to be on your P's and Q's if you want to stay in alignment, if you want to achieve your health goals. And that's going to be near impossible to do because life be life in every day of the week. So this is why you want to have structure. Plan your 80%, but also plan your 20%. It's just as important. So this is why things like meal prepping is so helpful because when ish hits the fan, you're prepared and you don't have to sacrifice your goals when you're feeling lazy and burnt out. If you know every single Friday after you get off work or you you finish running around for the day, you ain't cooking nothing. So Friday, at least Friday night, is going to be a 20% type of night. You know what I'm saying? Notice that I'm talking about one meal, not all day Friday. Same thing for the weekend. You can follow the 80-20 through the weekend. That doesn't mean every meal got to be a cheat or treat meal. It just means that more than likely you're going to be outside the house, hanging out with family or attending something where you're more than likely going to eat out. That's fine. But guess what? You can still have a balanced breakfast at home. Or if you're going to brunch, you can still cook dinner that night. You get what I'm saying? Now, 80% regular exercise. Let's talk about that. A lot of times because we know that exercise is good for us, we obviously want to do it. However, again, the whole point of the 80-20 rule is to promote sustainability. Working out while it's an invaluable tool for blood sugar regulation and weight loss and improving sleep and everything else, it can easily become really difficult to maintain when you are number one, trying to overcommit right off the bat, meaning that you're trying to push yourself to do more than what you've worked yourself up to. For example, saying you're going to work out five days a week for an hour each day at the gym, and you haven't even done as much as walk around the block in the last year, that might not be the, the smartest place to start. Or number two, you're doing workouts that you hate. So it's only going to be a matter of time before you quit anyway. So instead of looking at Exercise as lifting weights and going to the gym, not that those are not a part of it, right? I think that if you're there and if you truly do want to be there, you definitely can. It's going to take some effort. But I think that it's better to think of ways where you can just simply prioritize having more fun. And the reason I'm saying that is because, like, when you're focused on having fun, movement comes with it most of the time. For example, If you think about if you think fun is going, you know, hiking, that's naturally going to be exercise. But you're also outdoors and you're having fun and you're in nature. If you like rollerblading, that's physical activity. If you like to dance, if you want to take a pole dancing class, again, it's exercise, but it doesn't feel like that. So if you can focus on different things that are going to naturally and automatically help you be more active, but you're going to have fun at the same time, then it's going to be a lot easier for you to be physically active. Because I think the idea is, like I said, that we have to go to the gym, that that's the only option. And that's just not the truth. When it comes to exercising, it's just movement. It just means that you need to be moving more often than not. And that doesn't always mean doing these over strenuous things. That does, that's not what it takes anymore. Even if you are gonna lift weight, that's the, that doesn't mean that you have to go to the gym and lift 50 pound weights or 300 pound weights in order for it to be effective. You might start at five to eight pound weights and that be more than enough for you because the whole point is you're lifting those weights three or four times a week for 30 minutes. If all you wanna do is go on a walk because that's where you are right now, well then, hey, if you take a 30, 40 minute walk, three or four times a week, you're good. You're still exercising. The whole point is to just move. And I think because of the day and age that we live in where people are working from home more often, people are sitting at a desk when they do go into the office or we're so just in, we're inside all the time or we're just so sedentary, like that's the norm. That's the norm to be sedentary or we work in very stressful work environments to where by the time we get off work, we're so mentally exhausted. We don't have the energy for fun. We don't have the time for fun. We just want to lay down and go to sleep and rest because we're so overly stimulated already from the amount of stress that it takes to just go into work all day. You know what I'm saying? So, there's a lot of things that contribute to a lack of exercise. I'm not saying that it's easy at all. I, there are definitely a lot of environmental factors that impact our mental health and make it to where even if we are doing something that we know we would enjoy, we don't have the energy for it because we're so burned out. So, again, We're definitely going to jump into stress in another episode. But what I'm saying for this is focus on fun. What do you like to do? And you might need to sit down with yourself and really identify that. Like I know for me, I, for one, I really love, I do love free weights. I love lifting weights. I absolutely love lifting weights. It's not always inside of the gym, but when it is, I I do find that I'm really focused. Um, But I don't always want to do that. I don't always want to do that. So it's going to be really important that you learn more about yourself, that you go on a self-discovery journey and say, yeah, I really like to dance or I really like to rollerblade or I really like to do Pilates or I really like pole dancing or I really like, you know, jogging. I mean, I don't really know anybody that loves jogging, but you know what I'm saying? You have to find what you like. And when you find what you like, ask yourself how you can make it more enjoyable as far as movement can you move is it is it moving your body in a way that is enjoyable for you so what does 80% look like for exercise well let's take the week example right just like we broke down the food let's talk about exercise for the week there's 7 days in a week find an enjoyable way to move your body 3 to 4 times each week aim for 30 minutes each day so 3 to 4 days out of the 7 And when we are moving, 30 minutes. That's the goal. Now, again, the 80-20 rule gives you flexibility. So some weeks, it'll be three days. And some weeks, it'll be four days. Some days, it'll be a class at the gym. And some days, it'll be yoga. Some days, you'll take a walk around the block for 30 minutes. And some days, you'll take a pole dancing class. I don't know why I keep saying pole dancing. Clearly, I want to take another class because it was so fun. If you haven't done it, I highly suggest that you do it. (laughs) <laughs> so this is why I said finding ways to make movement fun, because if I know I'm going to be taking a pot into class and I'm going to get my sexy back while getting a workout in like I can do that because it's fun, right? Because it doesn't feel like exercise. Exercise can feel like fun. That is OK. And it totally should because then you're more likely to keep doing it. But how exhausting is it to force yourself to keep showing up to a place that you hate seven days a week because you feel like you gotta be perfect and the only way to see results is to go big or go home. So you're striving for 100% and that's not sustainable and it's not fun and it doesn't give you any room to just be or it doesn't give you room to take a day off because that's also important. The third structured health habit is consistent sleep. Now, let me just say this real quick. There is a difference between consistently and constantly. That's why the, they are two different words, all right? And the problem that most people are facing when it comes to trying to navigate how to start living a healthier lifestyle is that they feel as though in order for something to manifest or in order for them to achieve a certain goal, regardless of what it is, everything they do has to be constantly contributing towards that goal. They feel like they have to go through this intense phase of I eat, sleep and breathe wellness, because let's be real. That's what we see on social media, Like that's how it looks on social media, not realizing that that's content creation. People are constantly creating content based on whatever their niche is, right? Like that's a particular area of focus. They're not showing when they take rest days or when they go on a date night or when they do things outside of the content that they capture. So just keep in mind that you are not required to be constantly on all the time. The last of the three pillars, like I said, is consistent sleep. I'm not gonna lie. This one, in my opinion, is perhaps even more important than the diet and exercise piece because most people don't realize That lack of sleep is what contributes to the unhealthy food choices and the lack of motivation for enjoyable movement. When you're exhausted and you're accustomed to staying up till two, three o'clock in the morning, you probably don't even realize how exhausted you really are. But when you recognize how much you rely, for example, on coffee every day, or you have an intense tendency to snack throughout the day. Then come two, three in the afternoon, you've hit this slump and then you're ready for a nap. But you can't necessarily, you know, give your body rest at that time or give your body rest that it's asking for because you're at work or you have other commitments or things that you need to do. So you ignore your body's cues and then you're binge eating all night. That becomes a thing because you've been snacking all day instead of eating balanced and well-structured meals. And then because you've had a long day, nighttime becomes your me time. And so you stay up and you're binging on Netflix and the cooking channel. And a lot of times you're still snacking, right? Or you're ordering food late and it just becomes this vicious cycle that feels impossible to get off of. Now, listen, the point of getting consistent sleep, which means six to eight hours of quality sleep each night, in fact, not even every night, but at least most nights, right? Because again, 80-20, this is vital. If you're currently a person that is on this vicious cycle, you are going to have to work intentionally on regulating your sleep cycle first before you can then allow yourself to start having those nights where you can stay up for Netflix and chill and watching Bobby Flay while you eat ice cream. Because again, you're going to have those nights. That's that 20%. In order to regulate your sleep cycle, you're going to have to start getting to bed earlier. That just is what it is. And a lot of times we don't want to hear that. We want this magic like Houdini thing that automatically like fixes everything when the reality is you just got to be disciplined enough to do the stuff you don't want to do. At the end of the day, a decent bedtime is typically between 10 and 30, maybe 11 p.m. So right now, if you're not going to sleep till two or three o'clock in the morning, your first step might be getting into bed by midnight for a while be consistent with that and then work towards the 10 10 30 time and then once your sleep cycle is regulated and you're getting your body used to getting quality sleep and sleeping at decent hours on a regular basis having a night or two you know where you stay up late a few you know times in the course of a month let's say you know what i mean like six days out of the month right because that's 20 percent of 30 30 days in a month give or take so Even if you're staying up late every Saturday Saturday night because your favorite show comes on late or you're watching a late basketball game on a Monday night, you're still good. It's about being mindful of what you're doing most of the time. So that way, when you make an exception, sometimes it's not a big deal. You're still in alignment with your goals and you can still maintain a healthy balance between that consistency and flexibility. That's the difference. But you might have to start by train. You got to train yourself first. You got to train yourself. I hate to interrupt this episode because I know that you are thoroughly enjoying it. But before we continue, I wanted to pop in and share something that is really important. If you're frustrated with living with type 2 diabetes and you want to reverse the root cause of this condition and get the best blood sugar of your life while also restoring your body's ability to tolerate carbs, you're going to need a simplified step-by-step plan of action that'll take you from where you are now to where you want to be. Not only that, you're also going to need some expert guidance to get you through this journey. Not because you can't do it on your own, but because you might have some questions and some challenges along the way. Dominating Diabetes Academy is a program that I designed to help you naturally balance your blood sugar while lowering your A1C and eliminating the need for diabetes medications. On top of that, I want you to be able to confidently take charge of your health in as little as 10 weeks. Inside DDA, you're going to be immersed in a world where food becomes your medicine, your energy level is restored, and unstable blood sugar levels become a distant memory. To learn more about Dominating Diabetes Academy, make sure you check out the link inside the show notes and get started on your plan towards optimal health today. Now, without further ado, let's get back into today's episode. Now let's talk about embracing the 20%, that, that flexibility and enjoyment. This is really important, and this is where a lot of people get off track. Like I was talking about earlier, sometimes when we allow this 20%, we try to only keep it at 20%, but then something happens to where that 20 becomes 40 or 50 or 60, and we're just mixed all the way around. A big reason for that is because we are striving for 100% instead of striving for 80%. That is why the 20%, we, when we try to give ourselves an inch, we take a mile instead. Because when you're being way too restrictive, you are more likely to go off the deep end. That is why we are, sh- we are striving for the 80-20, okay? That 20% that you're allowing for flexibility and enjoyment, that is important. You need that. You need that flexibility. Why? Because that's going to help you maintain motivation. And it's also going to be crucial for your mental health. If you're being so restrictive where you're like, okay, I can't have ice cream. I can't eat bread. I can't eat rice. I can't eat potatoes. I can't eat these other carbs that I literally just enjoy eating. I can never have a donut. I can't, you know, all these can'ts. We're putting ourselves into a box. And then again, when we finally break, because you're going to break when you're being so hard on yourself and striving for perfection, that's when, when we break, we just fall completely off the deep end. You can't be so restrictive. You have to allow room for flexibility and probably even more than flexibility, that enjoyment. You have to enjoy this journey. It's not enjoyable to be super restrictive and tell yourself you can't do anything all the time. Because for one, you're grown. You're grown and you can do whatever you want to do. If somebody tells me I can't have something, I am a grown woman. I can do whatever I want. So not only am I going to do it, I'm going to go big or go home. Because now you're pissing me off telling me I can't do something. You know what I'm saying? Like, I know I'm not the only person that thinks like that. But <laughs> but allowing yourself to indulge occasionally without guilt. That's key. Allow yourself to indulge occasionally without guilt. That's going to help you prevent those feelings of deprivation. When you feel so deprived, then your journey to optimal health, your journey to creating healthy habits, it almost feels like I'm not doing none of that stuff. I don't even I don't want to because I feel so deprived. There's so many can'ts in my life. There's so many rules. And that's why I said I'm not going to say 80-20 rule. Well, I'm going to try not to say 80-20 rule. rule. I'm going to say 80-20 guidance guideline. That is why this guideline is so important because it's going to help you create a nice, beautiful balance of Yes, most of the time I am on my P's and Q's. I'm on my square. I'm doing the things that I need to do. My meals are great. I love them, but I'm also going to allow for a Friday night pizza night, or I'm also going to allow myself to stay up late because, you know, Monday through Saturday, I'm in bed by 10, 30. So Sunday night when my favorite show comes on, listen, that's me and my bag of popcorns business. But that 20% is really important. And you might have to, again, work up to this. I think what makes the 20% hard for most people is because we put so much pressure on ourselves to be perfect. And because social media shows a certain way of eating or a certain way of living or a certain way of this, that, and the other, and we want to look like those people or we want to find enjoyment like those people or whatever, We again, we close ourselves off and we put ourselves in, in a box. So we can't do that. You are not a failure because you decide to pick the donut over the salad. It is a mental thing that we have to overcome when we're talking about embracing the 20%. This isn't, oh, I'm cheating 20%. No, you're not. You're not. It's not a cheating thing. It's you are enjoying life, you are making room for real life experiences. Because again, let's be real, we're human beings There's a holiday. There's a birthday. There's a baby shower. There's a, you know, there's something going on. There's a the work travel event. There's a social event. There's whatever's going on every single month. And so to expect yourself to say, all right, I'm never gonna get off track, even though I have this traveling thing that I'm going to, or I gotta travel for work, or I, I, you know, I just don't feel like cooking tonight. Listen, you're gonna have those moments. You're going to have those moments. Stop attaching your self-worth to everything that you do or don't do. That's the problem. You are not unworthy or you are not a failure or you are not less than or you are not anything low vibrational just because you decide to enjoy your life. That, that's not what this is. But that's also why, again, we have to practice radical honesty. Because another thing that we do sometimes is we lie to ourselves. We lie to ourselves about how well we're staying on track. We lie to ourselves about, you know, if we are really putting towards a conscious effort, you know, towards our goals. Sometimes we can lie to ourselves, too. And so that's why radical honesty is really important. You know, everybody knows when they're not doing the things that they're supposed to do. Everybody knows it's not a secret. You know, when you're not on track the way that you should be. You know, when that 20% is coming, is becoming more like 50, 60% and things are off track. So it's one thing to allow yourself, you know, to give yourself grace for, you know, not being out of your P's and Q's because we all get there. And then it's another thing to be in pure denial about the fact that, no, you're making excuses. You know what I'm saying? And, and there's there's a fine line between those things, you know, and you have to decide where that line is for you. So some kind questions and concerns that I get about the 80-20 guideline um, and that a lot of people that, you know, if you're at the beginning of your journey, you might have some of these questions too, and I really want to address them. One of the questions, the first question is, how do I determine my 80%? And the biggest piece of advice that I can give for this is really sitting down, literally take some time to sit down with a pen and a paper. And I want you to go through your day. I want you to write down everything that you do from the time that you wake up to the time that you go to sleep and be as detailed as possible, because this is the only way that you're going to create awareness around what you're currently doing, how those habits are serving you and what needs to change. You have to see it and you have to bring awareness to what you're currently doing. What are you doing when you wake up in the morning? Do you scroll on social media for an hour before you even get out of bed and brush your teeth? Do you press snooze five times and roll around in the bed and contemplate your life? You know what I mean? Are you getting out of bed and rushing? Are you waking up late, right? To where you're rushing out the door every single morning? Are you, you know, getting up in the morning and putting your feet on the ground and taking three deep breaths before you get up and go brush your teeth. What are you doing? What does that look like? What does your morning routine look like? What does your night routine look like when you come home from picking the kids up from school or daycare or whatever? What do you do? Do you take 10 minutes to sit down and breathe? Or are you just rushing? Are you constantly rushing? We got to get bath done. We got to get dinner done. We got to get them in the bed. And then what do you do after that? Are you taking any time to slow down and fill your cup? You have to write these things down because then once you write them down and you look over and you're like, dang, like, I'm just going, I'm just going, going, going. And I notice I get really irritated at my coworkers come 10 a.m. because I skip breakfast. You know, I'm hangry and they're getting on my nerves. I notice that I'm just I always feel like I'm just on the go all the time. I never slow down. I notice that I'm just feeling so lazy and tired all the time probably because I stay up till three o'clock in the morning and then I just binge on coffee for the first half of the day without having real breakfast but you won't know that that's your habitual way of moving through life until you slow down and write it down so you can see it that is how you determine your 80 percent write it down look at what you're doing identify how it's serving you because it's serving you somehow whether it's good or bad it's serving you and identify what may need to change so when you look over your morning routine for example And you see what it currently is and then you think about what you want it to be like What you want it to feel like what you want it to sound like Then that's how you're going to determine what needs to change Then you're going to add different activities into your morning routine because that's going to be in alignment with how You want to feel if right now you're waking up and you just feel anxious from the time You open your eyes in the morning, but you want to feel calm And you want to feel peaceful then you're going to say all right What activities or what actions do I need to take in order to feel calm and peaceful and you're going to plug that in? So you're going to say, instead of getting up and scrolling social media and be a hit with all these, you know, subliminals, comparing my life to other people's, figuring out how, you know, all the trauma that's happening in the world, and then I got to go out and be in it and exist in it. You're going to be like, you know what? I'm not going to get on my phone. I'm going to meditate for 10 minutes. I'm going to do a gratitude journal. I'm going to pick three things that I'm grateful about and write it in my journal every morning and elaborate on that. Or I'm going to read five pages of a book before I even get out of bed. That's how you determine your 80%. The next question, what kind of flexibility is acceptable in the 20%? The type of flexibility, this is really important. The flexibility that is acceptable in your 20% is whatever is going to be enjoyable for you and is going to allow you to rest and not obsess. What What do you need? Like I, like I mentioned before, if, if on Friday night, because it's the weekend and you don't want to cook and it's your longest work day of the week. The flexibility is I'm not cooking on Friday night and we get to order pizza because that's what I need to do for my mental health. That's what I need to do for my physical and emotional health. All right. I'm not cooking. So maybe that is the flexibility that you need to do. Maybe the flexibility is, listen, I worked out three times this week. That's all I got. I'm not working out for the rest of the week. I worked out Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. From Thursday to Sunday, I'm chilling. That's your flexibility. But the whole point is, like I mentioned when we were talking about the 20% uh, portion of it, is being able to do this without guilt. Being able to do it without guilt. Which brings me to the next question. How can I prevent the 20% from becoming a slippery slope? The awareness of your 80%, giving yourself grace for the 20%, and practice radical honesty, that's how you're going to prevent that from becoming a slippery slope. What I like to do is practice the never miss twice rule or guideline. I hate rule guideline, the never miss twice guideline. So for example, if I know Friday night is pizza night, I'm not going to then go to breakfast the next day. Never miss twice. I already ordered it for pe- you know, for dinner last night. So I'm going to cook a home cooked meal for breakfast. Never miss twice. If I know that I did a workout on Monday, I'm gonna rest Tuesday. In order to prevent resting Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and never going to work out again for another month, never miss twice. Because even when it's hard, you're going to have to push past that resistance. It's hard because when you decide that you are going to change your lifestyle, you're challenging your comfort zone. The slippery slope is your comfort zone. It is the zone where it's like, girl, you know, you should just take the whole weekend off. That's when it becomes a slippery slope because your your comfort zone is challenging you. It's like, wouldn't it be so much easier to just go out all weekend, order food all weekend? Because, girl, you need to rest. You know you need to rest. You've been working hard. (laughs) You know what I mean? But again, just because you're practicing this 80-20, it doesn't mean you just let shit hit the fan. That's not what that means. That 20%, again, you're keeping a leash on it a little bit. You're never letting yourself miss twice. Don't miss twice. And if you do miss twice, all right, we'll pick yourself up the third time. We have to start being more proactive. We got to be more pro- proactive. You're going to miss the mark sometime. You're going to miss the mark. Like, can we just keep it real for a second? You're going to miss the mark. That 20% is going to look like 50% some days. That's just the reality of it. But you have to be proactive and you need to keep your goals in mind. Sometimes we sacrifice what we want the most for what we want right now. And that's why we never achieve the things that we want the most. If you really want to be well and you want to have more energy and you want to feel better about yourself and you want to look good in your clothes and you want to feel good in your skin and you want to love yourself more. Well, then, hey, give yourself some grace. Give yourself some grace, but also practice radical honesty and say, hey, we got to get this together. I know it's hard. I know you don't feel like doing this. I don't feel I know. I know we don't feel like doing this, but this is what we need to do right now. And I'm telling you this because I love you. Give yourself 30 minutes to work out. Like sometimes we need to talk to ourselves. Talk to, talk to yourself. I encourage you to do it. Some people might look at you crazy, but so what? You need expert advice. You're the expert in this, in this situation. Talk to yourself and be like, you know what, self? I know we're having some real imposter syndrome right now. I know we're having some real self-doubt, but you can do this and I love you. I love you. We're going to get through this together. You know, and again, the 80-20 guideline, it can be applied for different things. You know, figure out where it fits in your life. So in, in conclusion, <laughs> in conclusion to this episode, I hope that this was really helpful. I I really hope that you understand what the 20 or the, what the 80-20 guideline is and how to apply it to your life. I hope that you understand the value behind things like meal planning and fitness routines and your mental well-being and I hope you also embrace the 20, or why do I keep saying 2080, the eighty twenty guideline when it comes to creating a sustainable approach to your health and wellness journey it has to be sustainable it has to be sustainable, it has to allow room for imperfection while also being proactive and knowing how to pull yourself out of that place yes. it's going to take practice as well you might go away from this episode and be like, you know what? I ain't quite at the 80-20 right now. Right now I'm at twenty eighty. So maybe you you your first step is to get to 30-70. You know? Start, start. Let's get to 30-70. And then 40-60. And then 50-50, right? Half the time you're doing great. And then the other half of the time, you know, well, that's something else. And then you get to sixty forty, and then you get to 70, 30, and then you get to 80, 20. It is a process. It is a journey. This is why I said we have to understand first what it means to be on a health journey. It is a journey. Allow room for ups and downs, even as you are trying to retrain yourself to get back to 80, 20. Because you might not be there right now. You're in training, but it's a journey. And you honor the baby steps and you will get to where you need to be. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Let me know your biggest takeaway by leaving it in the comments. Let me know your thoughts. Let me know if you have any questions, questions, comments, concerns. Thank you for being here. I love you and I will see you next week.